Hello, my name is James Nethery. Welcome to the Banking with Life Q&A series. This is where I answer questions that you have concerning the infinite banking concept. So let's get started. This question is, how do you compensate for inflation? It's a very good question. Inflation is one of the greatest headwinds that we all face concerning our money. And you compensate for inflation using your God-given abilities and talents. Right? When it comes to the infinite banking concept, we're putting high premium into high cash value, properly structured, dividend-paying life insurance policy. So you're creating a pool of capital from which to operate from. You know, you have to do a good job with the opportunities that you engage with. That opportunity must provide a greater value in the future and or a cash flow. That greater value in the future and or the cash flow should be part of the way you compensate for inflation. Using your God-given abilities and talents, putting your capital to work with legitimate um, bona fide vetted opportunities. And then I talk about life insurance being the best hedge against inflation when it concerning or when it comes to a cash flow. And what I specifically mean by that, if I pay a premium into a policy, there's going to be a greater increase in cash value over time. Well, if that premium is, and it is a cash flow in, if I borrow against that policy, that's a cash flow out. Right, so that there there is a greater increase in value that I can collateralize compared to the premium that I paid. The further out you go on a life insurance policy, the greater that is and the better that it looks. Now, in this answer, I'm not compensating for that outstanding loan. That has to be taken into consideration as well. You have to be able to manage that outstanding loan if you're only using life insurance as a cash flow basis, which that is not where you start with life insurance on a cash flow basis. Get as much money in as possible and take as much money out as possible. Um, however, that's how you compensate for inflation, using your God-given abilities and talents, vetting the opportunities. And that's a, one thing that the infinite banking concept um, allows or helps is it helps you, the owner, to properly judge and classify opportunities because your cash does very well in life insurance as it is. If you look at a life insurance policy, the, the premium in, cash flow in, the loan available out on an annual cash flow basis, it's staggering, very impressive when it's done correctly. What is BOLI? Can you speak to tier one assets? BOLI is bank-owned life insurance. The bank's assets are considered tier one capital. That's the capital that, that they value the most because it's theirs, right? And they only have their tier one capital in interest-bearing accounts and cash flow. So they're guaranteed interest-earning accounts that they use and guaranteed on guaranteed payback schedules. So a bank's tier one capital is their most valuable asset. Boley is bank-owned life insurance. And yes, banks use Boley, bank-owned life insurance, as their tier one assets. 
Now, Barry Dyke, my friend Barry Dyke, has written three books. He's working on his fourth. His first book, The Pirates of Manhattan, speaks an awful lot to Bowley and exactly how much life insurance, dividend-paying whole life insurance, that the banks own. The next question is, hey, James, if a policy gets more efficient over time and breaks even at year eight or so, why wouldn't I pay the minimum premium until the policy is efficient and then increase the premium in years nine or ten? Theoretically, couldn't I just get three policies using the same construct and pay the minimum premium and then just increase all the premiums when the policy is most efficient or at the point in time where the premium and the total cash value break even? Well, part of the efficiency of that policy is because premiums were paid previously. So no, you can't lower your premium now and then in the future when you think or you feel like it's more efficient, raise the premium up and be equal. You need to pay high premiums for as long as possible. That's what creates the most efficient policy. This is a comment and I appreciate your comments. This is so relevant in regards to Nelson always saying, it's all about how you think. Great video. Thank you. Okay, now here, here this is a very common question. What happens to the cash value when you die? And I've said it, I love questions. This question is very common. And I think about half the time it's sincere and the other half it's not sincere. But it's a straightforward question. So what happens to the cash value when you die? And I think we've talked about it previous podcasts or um, talks or what have you. And when the question's not sincere, I think it comes from the financial talking heads. Their statements like, oh, this, the mean insurance companies keep your cash value. Well, what do you get? The death benefit or the cash value? What happens to the cash value, right? So what does happen to the cash value immediately if someone dies? Immediately, the cash value grows to the death benefit. An example here. Let's say you have a $300,000 death benefit, a $100,000 cash value. You die. What happened to the cash value? It was part of the death benefit. That 100000 grew immediately to the 300000 It was paid out income tax-free to your beneficiaries. That's what happened to the cash value. Um, and it speaks to what is the cash value. The cash value is a net present value of the future death benefit minus future premiums. The cash value is part of the death benefit by construct. Now, let me ask you a question, and it's biblical. Although I answered your question, let me ask, let me answer your question with a question, which is biblical. If you had a $300,000 home, that's the market value, and you had $100,000 in equity, and you sold your home for $300,000, who kept your $100,000 in equity? The real estate agent, the salesperson, the mortgage lender? What happened to your $100,000 in equity? You received it as part of the value of the property. You received $300,000. Your equity was part of that value. Same difference or similar difference. 
do I have to pay interest to the insurance company? Well, if you borrow the insurance company's money, yes, you're going to be charged interest. Do you have to pay it back? No, you don't have to, but you should. And then um, you, you see that. Uh, I see that an awful lot. It's a sincere question. And I think, too, this one about half the time is sincere. The other half, it's not because it comes from the financial talking heads. Um you know, the financial entertainers that say, well, why would you pay interest to borrow your own money? Which is, I think, less than honest or ignorant, either one. Ignorance is okay. Less than honest is not okay. Well, where can you go get, number one, where can you go get a loan that has no interest? Your bank? The introductory, you know, offer from a credit card company is 0% balance. It exists there for a time period. Or you go buy a new car, 0% financing or mattress or whatever. Well, you know as well as I do, the the that's just a, another form of marketing. The interest, the carry charge, is in the cost of the item that you're purchasing. All right, so this zero cost of capital doesn't exist in the free world, nor should it. When it comes to the financial entertainers and the talking heads saying, oh, well, why would you pay interest to borrow your own money? It's not your money. When you put money into a life insurance policy, i.e. pay the premium, it's not your money anymore. It belongs to the life insurance company. But you have a contractual right to the access of that value. So if you pay a premium, there's a cash value in the policy. You have a contractual right to that, but it's not your money. Okay. Um, you're borrowing the insurance company's money. And yes, they're going to charge you interest. But you, if you think about that, the money is inside the policy and cash value doing what it's doing, growing forever. So if you borrow money from the life insurance company, you're paying interest for a finite period of time. You're earning dividends forever. Thank you for watching. If you have a question that you would like an answer to, email us at the email below. And be sure also to like and subscribe and join us weekly for content. Have a great day.